Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Falling in love is easy. Do you agree with me? It's staying in love. That's hard. That's another thing. You see, very few of us have ever been exposed or experienced a model or an example of someone literally staying in love. You know, maybe your mom, maybe your dad, they stayed together, but you realized that they were not in love. They did not stay in love. And the key to staying in love is not finding the right person. That's what we think. But it's more than that. It's finding someone who is committed to being the right person while you work on being the right person. You see, it's finding someone who's not afraid to put you first while overcoming the fear of putting other people first as well. It's about making love an action, a verb, and not a feeling. You see, falling in love is easy. All of us have probably done that. But staying in love, now that's another thing. That's difficult. And so we're gonna talk about how you and I can apply that to every relationship because we're called to love one another. And whether you're single, whether you're married, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that you and I are intentional in the current relationships that we have in our life and that we are loving one another, that we're contributing to the health and the well-being of our relationship or maybe your marriage or your friends or, or your family or maybe a college roommate, that you're really loving one another because that's what God wants you and I to do. You see, God places people in your life and in my life And he allows us to have relationships with one another to teach us what it really means to love, to lay your life down for someone, to embrace the discomfort, to embrace the sacrifice, to embrace the serving and resolve to do it and not run from it. Now, the apostle Peter was a tough guy. He he was rough on the edges. And yet God so transformed his life that he began to love people with all of his heart, and he gives us the key to what it means to stay in love with our family, with our spouses. Here's what he says. He says, you must keep on loving with all your heart, with all your heart. And the question is, Dwight, how do you keep on loving with all of your heart? How do you do that? Because I find myself not loving people or maybe not loving my spouse with all my heart. Well, what I wanna do is I wanna share with you four things that I believe, okay, that can help you in any relationship, whether you're single, okay, or whether you're married. Now, if you're single, you should be very, very interested in this message because no doubt you wanna get married maybe. And so you wanna make sure that these qualities are in you as well as that person that maybe you're dating or you're thinking about marrying. If nothing else, these are just great qualities for friendship. Matter of fact, for any relationship. And so no matter what stage of life you're in, 
these principles are just good for life in general. And so Peter would say, keep on loving with all your heart. Now, how do we do that? Well, let me give you four things, all right? First of all, is this right here. With all your heart, listen. Listen with all of your heart. You see, listening is probably the most important skill in building relationships, in building friendships. You know why? Because you can't love people without listening to them. If you're not listening to your spouse, what you're conveying is you're not important. I don't really love you with all my heart. Now, I know that many of us probably think that we're already good listeners, but there's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is simply the vibration that take place in your ear, but listening is how you decode those vibrations in your brain. You see, many times, you know, I might hear Patty or I might hear one of our kids and, and, and someone might say something, but I didn't catch it because I wasn't listening. I wasn't giving them my attention. And listening is a skill that every single one of us can develop and can sharpen. And if you're gonna love someone with all of your heart, if you're gonna love her, if you're gonna love him with all of your heart, if you're gonna love people in your life with all of your heart, you have to listen with your heart. And that'll take intentionality. That'll take something for you to, to develop and work on and focus on. It means maybe laying aside the phone or shutting off the TV because there's a big difference between hearing and listening. You can hear something and not really be listening. Would you agree with me? You know, we kind of go, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. And we're hearing, but we're not listening. You see, think of all the arguments and the misunderstandings that you've had with your spouse, with your kids, maybe with your coworkers, maybe with your friends, because you weren't really listening. You weren't listening to the words. You weren't seeing the facial expression. You see, sometimes the words don't even matter. Somebody can say, how are you doing? Fine. But the way in which they have said it tells you that they're not fine. They're not okay. You see, listening means that you also hear what she isn't saying, what he isn't saying. That's called empathy. And empathy means that you put yourself in the other person's shoes. You listen from their point of view. And how, how do you know that you're listening from their point of view? You can argue from their point of view. If you can't argue from their point of view, you're not listening from their point of view. And so you wanna listen with empathy. How would I feel if I were in that situation? And so listening with empathy means that you listen without interrupting, without correcting. And you're listening for fears and their feelings. You listen for what they aren't saying. You're not trying to fix them. You're not trying to fix the problem or the situation. See, what we need to understand is sometimes the best way that we can convey our love to somebody is just by listening, because it brings healing. You see, to, to listen to somebody is to express empathy to them, that you really do care. You really do care for them. You see, there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Sympathy says, wow, man, that's terrible. I bet you that hurt you. Empathy says, 
How is this situation making her feel? How is this situation making him feel? You see, you begin to embrace their feelings. Here's what James says. Understand this, my brother, sisters. Let everyone be quick to hear. Be careful. Thoughtful listener, okay? That's listening with your heart. He goes on to say this. Slow to speak. A speaker of carefully chosen words and slow to anger, patient, reflective, and forgiving. And so if we're going to really love with all of our heart, we've got to listen with all of our heart. And so we have to make time. We have, we have to set aside time of where we can actively listen to our wife or to our husband or to our kids without any distraction. Maybe it's taking a walk on a regular basis. Maybe it's having breakfast together or lunch together. But whatever it is, it needs to be a quiet time that you spend with that person and you look at them in the eyes and you give them your undivided attention. You see, Proverbs says it like this, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. And sometimes we jump to conclusions and we wanna fix somebody instead of listening to them. So I wanna ask yourself, I wanna ask you a question. Do you wait to open your mouth until you've truly listened? Or do you jump in and try to fix it? You see, God gave us two ears and one mouth, and it's been said that he wants us to listen twice as much as what we speak. And so the question is, are you listening or just merely hearing? Peter would say, love with all your heart, and with all your heart, listen. Here's the second thing he would say, and that is, with all your heart, accept. With all your heart, accept. You see, accept him, accept her. You, you, you didn't meet him at the altar to alter them later. You, you married them because you accepted them. And so what you need to do, what I need to do, what all of us need to do is we need to accept our spouse with all of our heart. You see, your spouse is not always going to put the toilet paper on the right way. <laughs> They're not going to always put their shoes back as neat as what you would like for them to. They're not going to squeeze the toothpaste correctly. And so you're going to have to accept them. I'm going to have to accept with all my heart. It's a powerful way to communicate that you love them. You're not there to fix them or alter them. Romans says it this way, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. Pretty powerful. You know, if you're a Christ follower, you understand that you don't have to get your act together for God to accept you, that he accepts you just the way that you are. And that's what Paul was saying, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And when we accept one another, when we accept our our spouse, what happens is we're bringing praise to God. Now, there's a difference between accepting someone and forgiving someone. See, forgiving someone can be confusing to a lot of people because they don't understand the difference between accepting someone and forgiving someone. Accepting someone means, you know what? Hey, all your funny quirks, all, all the weird stuff about you, you know what? I'm just gonna embrace you and I'm gonna accept you the way that you are. Forgiveness is something totally different. Forgiveness is, is when you've been hurt by them. 
But I think many times in our relationships, we're thinking that we really need to forgive them when really what you need to do is accept them because that's just who they are. And there is acceptance in a marriage, but there's also definitely forgiveness in a marriage as well. It takes both of them. You see, you have fallen in love with an imperfect person. And marriage is basically two fallen imperfect people who have come together. And there's times that you need to forgive one another. And we have to practice that. I know of no relationships that have any longevity, whether it's friendships, marriage, father, son, mother, daughter, that doesn't practice forgiveness. Ephesians speaks to it. It says this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You know what? I'll never have to forgive Patty as much as God has already forgiven me. I'll never have to forgive one of my kids. I'll never have to forgive a coworker more than what God has already forgiven me. And so what you and I need to realize is this, is that God calls you and I to love one another with all of our heart. It begins with accepting people for who they are and then forgiving them. Now, when you forgive, what happens is you say to yourself, well, they deserve my wrath. They deserve this but you need to remember that you haven't always gotten what you've deserved, right? I know I haven't. You see, what happens is if you don't forgive, then what happens is resentment begins to occur in your life. And it has been said that resentment is the unhealthiest emotion that one can experience because it always hurts you more than the other person or anybody else. You see, resentment cannot change the past and it won't solve the issue or the problem it doesn't even make you feel better. In fact, you know what it does? It makes you feel worse. And so we need to understand quickly in marriage, sooner or later, you're gonna need to learn how to accept him, accept her, and forgive them. And that means loving them with all your heart. Stop trying to change him. Stop trying to change her. We all have funny quirks. It makes us unique, and we need to learn to accept those. You see, you need to understand, and I need to understand, we didn't marry a portion of our spouse. Hey, I, I like one-fourth of you. The other parts, I don't like. No, we married the whole person, all of their funny quirks and everything. And so just spend some time thinking about the difference between accepting somebody and forgiving someone. Do you understand your, your spouse's funny quirks, you know, do you understand him or her for who they are and that you're not confusing that with hurtful behavior? So take the time to get to know your spouse for who God created them to be and accept them with all of your heart. Forgive them with all of your heart. Here's the third thing, and that is this. With all of your heart, be humble. With all of your heart, be humble, okay? This is incredible. You see, Humility is the key to any loving relationship. Why? Because humility is what is behind every single unselfish act, okay? Name an issue in your life that humbling won't solve. It'll solve your marriage problems. It'll solve your parenting problems. It'll solve your friendship problems. Just being humble. Here's what Philippians has to say. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Wow. You see, humility is not 
this kind of a relationship. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You do this for me and I'll do that for you. No, 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 no. It's considering the other person's needs and placing them above my own. You see, now, that doesn't mean that you're not important because we all are important. We're all loved by God. We're all treasured by God. But this gives you and I the ability to consider other people's needs. You see, humility doesn't keep score. It shouldn't be that you and I are keeping score with one another in our relationships, much less our marriages. It should always make you and I determine to choose the unselfish way. You see, humility is a litmus test for pride in our life. And if you find it next to impossible to humble yourself or to prefer another person's needs or, or, or to act on their behalf instead of your behalf, you're probably prideful and it'll bring destruction because it's self-deceiving. You see, pride is something that everybody else sees in us, but we can't see in ourselves. And so you don't want that in your life. Proverbs tells us about pride. It says it leads to destruction of what? Relationships, marriages, family. A proud attitude brings ruin. And so you don't want that and I don't want that. Let me give you this fourth one and that is this. With all your heart, listen, accept, be humble and love God. Love God. This is so important. Matter of fact, this is what allows you and I to do the other three to love God with all of your heart. Jesus was asked one time, what's the greatest commandment? And here's what he said. He said, it is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he goes on and he says this, the second most important is similar. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. You see, when you love God, you have a connection to the source of love because God is love. And what happens is when you're loving God and you're connected to him and he's loving you, then that enables you and I to be able to love one another with another kind of love, the same love that he's loving us. You see, Jesus basically was saying that the two most important things in life is loving God and loving each other. A matter of fact, John, his close friend, wrote this, he said, my loved ones, let us devote ourselves, devote ourselves to loving one another. Love comes straight from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and truly knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. No one has ever seen God with human eyes. Wow, okay? with human eyes, but if we love one another, God truly lives in us. Consequently, God's love has accomplished its mission among us. Let me talk to all of the married couples. You want your kids to really believe in God? The greatest evidence that there is a God is when you display your love for one another. That's what he's saying. No one's ever seen God with human eyes. But when we love with the kind of love that he has loved us with, then what happens, his mission is accomplished. And connecting with God is the most powerful thing you can do to strengthen your marriage or any relation for that matter of fact. Listen, most of us try to get our horizontal relationships right. 
before we work on our vertical relationship with God. But if you never get that vertical relationship with God of loving God and allowing him to love you, your horizontal relationships will never be right because you will never be able to love somebody with all of your heart. You'll be working against the tide. You'll keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And what we need to do is we need to be able to love God with all of our heart and focus on him and his love will flow through you and me. That's the key. That's the answer. You see, the thing that I've recognized about marriages and relationships is that it goes back to listening. But not just listening to God, though that's important. Not just listening to the other person, though that's important. But listening to yourself. To yourself. Do you remember when you made those vows and you said, I do? Sure you do. Maybe you haven't thought of them for a long, long time. But for those of us who are married and we made that commitment to our spouses by reciting certain vows, for many of us, we've gotten caught up in that moment, in that big wedding day, and we have forgotten what we have committed to one another. And what I wanna do is I wanna remind you of those, okay? I, I, I wanna remind you, and what I'm gonna ask you to do may seem a little bit awkward as we wrap up today, but it's gonna be very, very important. I'm gonna ask you to renew your vows, okay? You can hit the pause button if you need to, and, and, and you can get the kids in there with their iPhone to, to be able to video it, but here's what I want you to do, okay? Bear with me, it's gonna be powerful. I want you to just, wherever you're at, if you're in the living room, in the bedroom, in the kitchen, whatever, I just want you to stand with your spouse, okay? I want you to stand up and face one another. You see, marriage was God's idea. By the way, guess what? Sex was God's idea. Don't we serve a great God? Huh? Family was God's idea. You see, when you read the book of Genesis, you begin to realize that God takes opposites and he puts them together like heaven and earth, land and sea, animals and plants, men and women. He creates something new and different out of that which is opposite of one another. It has been said before you get married that opposites attract, and yet for some reason, afterwards, opposites attack. You see, I, I wanna encourage you to love one another with all your heart. Listen, okay, listen. Be humble. Love God with all of your heart. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at her, I want you to look at him right in the eyes, and I'm gonna read this vow. We're gonna begin with you, mister, okay? And I'm gonna say it slowly, but I want you to repeat this and mean it and let God do a work in your heart and in your marriage. I take you, and you can give her the name, I take you to be my wife and before God and all of these witnesses. I recommit my life and my love to you. I promise to value you 
above all others, to respect you and value our differences. I promise to be your greatest supporter and encourager. I promise to serve your needs the best I can. I promise to accept you, every part of you. I promise to forgive you and be quick to ask for forgiveness. I promise to grow in loving and serving God with you. I love you with all my heart and I will for all my life. With God's help, I will make our home a place of joy as long as we both shall live. Now, Mrs., I want you now to repeat after me and look dead straight in his eyes. Say it from your heart. I'll go slow. I take you, insert his name, before God and all of these witnesses to be my husband. I recommit my life and my love to you. I promise to value you above all others, to respect you and value our differences. I promise to be your greatest supporter and encourager. I promise to serve your needs the best I can. I promise to accept you, all of you. I promise to forgive you and be quick to ask for forgiveness. I promise to grow in a loving and serving relationship with God and you. I love you with all my heart and I will for all of my life. With God's help, I will make our home a place of peace, joy, and happiness. You see, God is love. Otherwise, we would never experience love. And God wants to show the world his love through marriage. He gave you and I that gift. And if you wanna build a strong marriage, if you wanna build strong relationships, you study the life of Jesus because we say it like this, Jesus makes life better and he makes us better at life. He can give you the power and the love to be able to do that. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the love chapter, but really it's the Jesus chapter because this is how he responds to you and me. 
No matter what I say, what I believe, or what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love never, love cares more for others than for itself. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, and trusts God always. Always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. You may kiss your bride. I want to pray for you right now. Would you bow your heads? God, we thank you that you demonstrate your love for us. And in that, you call us to demonstrate that love to others, to our spouse to our kids, to our parents, to our coworkers, to our neighbors, to all, so that the world will know that you are the source of love and that it all flows from you. And though they have never seen you with their human eyes, they would be able to experience you by what they see in us. And so God, when life is difficult, may you Help us to be there for one another. When life is sad, may you help us to comfort one another. When life is fun, may we embrace one another and enjoy those times. We thank you, God, for your great love for us. I thank you for these marriages. And I pray, God, that as we have renewed our vows and we've made this commitment, that the future will be filled with laughter and joy and great moments. God, I pray for every relationship. May people experience your love through us, and it's in your name that we pray, amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.